this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Good everyone and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez and so glad you guys are with us today. And I tell you, this week has been really good. It's been really good. You know, ups and downs. But you know, you look at the end of the day and you think to yourself, all things work together for the good, right? I mean, everything is here for a reason. You know, things do happen for a reason. I do believe that. I believe things are here to awaken us and just sort of shift us and shift a paradigm and just basically just awaken us to a new reality of what today wants to bring to us. And so... I hope you guys are doing great today. And I'm excited today to talk to you guys about basically forgetting the past, forgetting the past. And I want to talk today because this is something that's been in my heart really strong because a lot of times people have a problem with um, not knowing how to move into the future. And a lot of times we examine sometimes our life now and say, well, it can't get any better, you know, or it's been worse or, you know, this happened or that happened. And so they don't know how to move past those types of realities of things that have happened to them within their lives. And so I wanted to be able to bring this to your attention today, because when we talk about forgetting the past, we're dealing with a lot of fear. And I want us to think about that for a moment. We're dealing with a lot of fear because if you think about the past, you think about memories that happened. Now, let's go there for a moment. Let's say, for example, you've had a lot of great memories. I mean, good family times. Your grandmother was alive. Your mother was alive. This happened. That happened. And you happened to, you know, jump into, wow, we, you know, we did this together. We used to laugh together. And now look where I am in my life. So let me, let me stop right here for a moment and talk about this this situation. Does everyone on this planet have a past that's going to be full of good memories? Sure, we all will. Even those who, let's say, go through abusive relationships, there's still those happy moments that we can remember. And so everyone has a happy moment somewhere in the past. And everyone has a sad moment. And everyone has a traumatic moment. So if you think about the planet, you think about humanity, we have to realize that every single person on this planet has gone through good memories. And yet we've gone through bad memories. And we've gone, we've all gone through deaths. And we've all gone through births. So first and foremost, when we look at this, we can't get it ourselves into this island unto ourself mentality. Because the moment we do, we tend to look on social media, we tend to look around us and see people around us or people once again on social media or even just our neighborhood and or people in the grocery store. We're seeing them laughing and having a good time. But yet we really don't know in that moment is that the first time they've actually laughed in weeks or months or today. So you really can't look at an emotion of someone and say to yourself, well, they look like they're having a good day today, you know, or man, their life is going great. You really never know. See, when we talk about judging, let's talk about judging just for a moment, because it incorporates a lot of our past. And that is that when we look at situations and we look at people and realities of people, we're automatically, because we're human, we're flesh and blood, unfortunately, we're automatically going to be able to put a judgment in there, unfortunately. And that judgment is, I bet their life is going great. It's almost like saying to someone, you know, hey, look, you're really ugly and offending them and them saying, how dare you say that to me? 
Well, if you think about judgment, you think about even on a positive note, uh, for lack of better words, of saying, well, their life seems like it's going really good. That could actually offend somebody to say, hey, you, how dare you? You don't know what I've been through. You know, this is the first moment that I've, you know, you, you don't know me. You've passed me in a grocery store, in a, in a movie theater, and yet, in this moment, you're seeing you're judging me, thinking that I, I must have live, live a happy life. This is the first time I've laughed in a long time. And so these are the things we have to begin to look at to say, well, you know what? It's not fair to judge somebody to say, well, their life looks good. Their life looks great. Because once again, that can still be offensive to people who say, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know this is the first time I've actually laughed in a long time, right? And so judging people is unfortunately part of the flesh and blood mentality. That's why we're called to move past flesh and blood, is move into that area of realizing, you know what, it's not that place where I make an island unto myself to say I'm the only one that's going through this. Their lives are happy. You know, their life looks like it's going good. Nobody knows what's, you know, what's going on in my life. It's like, for example, older people. I love older people with a passion, but sometimes older people, and people in general, but sometimes older Older people tend to get in this thing where they'll get together, they'll talk about their aches and pains. Couldn't be any worse than mine. It's like saying, you know, man, I didn't sleep last night. I know the feeling. Oh, this, you know, this arthritis or this, you know, problem, you know, this pain, you know, kept me up all night long. And so it's almost like we want to outdo each other on who suffers the worst. And if you think about that, think about how warped and and, and weird that sounds. Because that's where we're really actually trying to outdo each other by making people feel couldn't be any worse than mine, right? So when we look at our lives, we have to begin to, number one, set ourselves. You know what? It rains upon the just and the unjust. Everybody goes through a traumatic st- a time in their life. And it's not right and fair to say to someone, what's not as bad as what I've done with, it, what I've been through. It's not as bad as the pain that I'm dealing with. It's not as bad as the heartache I'm dealing with. It's not as bad as the loneliness I'm dealing with. Because once again, you don't have the right to say that to anyone. Because no one on this planet knows how someone else feels. And even though we can look at something and say, well, you know what? Hey, um, I had my hand cut off. Well, I had my arm cut off. Which one would be worse? The key thing is, it's not right to say, well, I would say having my hand cut off would not be as bad as having my entire arm cut off. But yet you have to think. In the mind of man, we tend to judge again to say, well, that would seem like in the natural, probably worse, Jeremy. It's like saying, well, you know, both parents were killed in a car wreck versus, you know, well, you know, my mother was, you know, died of whatever, leukemia, we'll say, right? And so we could look at this and the natural mind's going to say, well, definitely both parents dying in a car crash would be absolutely worse. You can't put pain on a situation, folks. It's not right. And it's definitely not something we should ever do because we can't judge to say, well, the pain on this one would be worse than the pain on that one. We don't know how people process. We don't know. And we begin to project that within somebody to say, well, I would say it would be worse to do this one versus that one. Well, I would say, you know, you can't do that. Because once again, remembering, it's what you say. But yet, if you're in the shoes of someone else, they could feel more traumatic more uh, drama than anything, and yet their situation in your eyes might be light compared to what you're dealing with. See what I'm saying? But yet, you have to begin to let people be people and realize that trauma is just trauma, and pain is pain, and fragmentation is being fragmented, 
And joy is joy. And what that means is we can't sit here based on other people's experiences and say, well, I would say this is worse than this, right? So, you know, key number one we have to begin to remember is we can't be an island unto ourselves and feel like that mine is always worse than everyone else's. That's not fair. It's really not fair to somebody else around you. It's not fair to humanity. Because you don't know how bad, well, you don't know what I've been through. Well, you're right, but you don't know what I've been through. And the moment we tell each other our situations, both of us, according to the human flesh, will say, oh, wow, yours sounds a lot worse than mine. Mine sounds a lot worse than yours. But we can't honestly say that because we don't know what's in the heart of man. We don't know the pain level of the brain of how it processes situations. That's why we have people who sometimes live in fear all their life. And yet there are those who live in fear every single day of their lives, and yet they go through counseling after counselor after counselor, and, and yet they still are negative or they still have this fear. It doesn't mean, well, that's just how you're programmed, so just deal with it. But what it means here is, is looking and saying, well, how come other people can take leaps of faith, have no fear, have no anxiety, have no worry? There are people out there who don't, who don't lock their, their door to their house at all, no matter what neighborhood they live in. It might be a huge, rich, rich, ritzy, expensive neighborhood that is gated. Or it might be people who, let's say, live on the other side of the train tracks, you know, you know, in a, in a bad sort of ghetto mentality, right? But it doesn't matter because the key thing is there are people who will always leave the door unlocked and there are people who will always be like, oh my God, lock your door, lock your door, lock your door. Which one would be, we could sit here and say, well, wisdom or knowledge would say you need to do this, keep your door locked. you know. But the truth is, it's the personality or the persona of the person that just says, I just don't live in fear. It, does, it's, it doesn't bother me. And yet other people suffer all, every single day of their life thinking, I want to be that way, I want to be that way. And no matter how much counseling they have, they just seem like in the back of their brain, they just can't. So if you think about processing, people will process things differently than, than you. And because of that, it's not right to judge. It's not right to put that upon people to say, well, which one's worse? So when we, when we say that, first of all, the key thing is what? Learning to realize we're not an island unto ourselves. Everybody suffers, period, period. Don't put a level on it. Don't say what's worse because you can't say that. Everyone suffers, period. And everyone has had good experiences as well. So now let's talk about the past for a moment. So when we're dealing with our past. We're dealing with the understanding that our past is something that happened to us and through our experience we felt it, we saw it, we witnessed it, we touched it, we, you know, we, we heard it, right? We tasted it, we smelled it, whatever, whatever you want to put on there, you've experienced all that and that's why it's so real for you. But someone else could hear it, right? And say, well, that doesn't sound too bad to me, you know? But see, once again, it's not fair to say that to somebody. Because if a person hasn't felt it, seen it, tasted it, been there, right? Then they would not understand that type of situation. No matter how, well, we could say how bad or worse or not as bad it is. Because it's not your experience. And so from that, we have to remember that our past is our past. And forgetting the past, we have to begin to look at this and say this. What makes the past any different from the future? I want you to think about that. What is the only thing? Now, I want you to really think good and hard and answer this to yourself while I'm talking on this podcast. What is the absolute only thing that separates the past from the future? The absolute only thing that separates the past from the future. I want you to think about that for a moment. And I'll tell you the answer. 
The answer is the past has been felt. The past has been experienced and the future has not. You genuinely have not felt or experienced any type of futuristic event that's happening is going to happen to you in the future. You might can sense it. You might can, you know, the spirit realm and you might sort of throw that in there and say, Oh, praise the Lord. I was caught up in a vision and saw that. Wonderful. But it's still not flesh and blood felt. It's still not brained, you know, seeing as the brain processes as it feels it or, 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 you know, or whatever the case may be. So because of that, that's the only thing that separates you from the future to the past is the the bearing forth of the experience and I felt that. Once you feel something, once you see something, once you hear something, you can't take that back, right? You just can't, unfortunately. Some things you don't want to see and feel and some things you would love to, but you can't change that. And so you have to remember, what is the only thing that changed? What is the only thing that changed? The thing that changed with you right now, this now moment, is that you felt and you experienced. Now, I could say that's it and that would be true. But here's the key thing about this. What makes it harder for people to not walk away from the past is because they did sense it, feel it, taste it, smelled it, experienced it. So guess what? Because of that, you've got to come out of your mind and begin to sit here and say to yourself, you know what? I might have missed the past. I might wish it was the same as it used to be. But the key thing is you've got to come out of your mindset to say, wait a minute. I, I, I don't need to be saying that because the only difference is my experience of, of what I've had and the experience of the future that I have not had. So because of that, I've got to press through this felt, this feeling, this experience, this seen feeling of emotion. Because if you think about it, if I come to you right now and I say, wow, I heard you went through a traumatic experience. Tell me about it. Think about that. No one's going to say, experience it. Have you ever gone to somebody and say, hey, Linda, wow, I heard you went through a traumatic experience. You know, let me experience that. Let me feel it. No, that would, you'd be like, what? What, what are you talking about? But what do you do? Tell me about it. Tell me about what you went through. Counters do that. Counters will say, tell me what you've been through. Because that's the only thing we can do. The only thing a person can do outside of you when it deals with what you've experienced in your past is just say, tell me about it. Because there's nothing else we can say. We can't say, can I feel it with you? Can I go back and see it with you? Can I experience it with you? We can never do that, ever. And the beauty of that is realizing number one, A, is that was your experience. So it's, so you own it. You own it. Some of you might be saying some things I don't want to own, Jeremy. And I get that, but it's there for a reason. And you, and you have to own it because it's yours, right? And you might hate that, but the key thing is you experienced it for a reason. So because of that, once we begin to sit here and, and look at the situation and evaluate it, we can say, you know what? The only people that can really know about my past is what I tell them. So if that's the case, can I prove to them that it existed? Can I prove to them by having them feel or experience what I did? No. So because of that, now hear me out for a moment, folks. So because of that, what is it that is keeping me in the past? Because it's not a feeling anymore. In my now moment, it's not a feeling anymore. It's not an experience anymore. It was. That's what made it real to me. But can I genuinely in my now moment truly say that my past is real for me. The only way you can say that is, yes, I experienced it. Yes, it was real for me. But you notice what you said. Yes, it was real for me. And guess what? It was real for you. 
But now, in this now moment, in this reality today, as you woke up this morning and put your feet on the floor, you have to look and say, but I don't live there anymore. There is not a feeling. Well, put it another way. I'm talking about feeling on your skin. Okay, I'm not talking about inward soul feeling. I'm talking about felt. I don't feel it on my skin. My body is not experiencing it. Right? There's nothing in the flesh that can prove that that past is here now. And great news for you folks, you can't. You can't. Now, I want you to think about that. So then, Jeremy, why do I struggle living in the past? Because it's all now a memory. It's all locked up in what we call memories in your soul. Soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. So if that is true, which we know it is, because no one can say, let me feel. Do you still feel the, the past? No. Even when people say, I still feel the pain of the past. Feeling the pain of the past is still in the memory that alerts things within the soul that that was real for them. But in reality, in this now moment, there's no proof on the outward exterior of your body to prove much less even for you to bring it back up into now reality. You can't. So why is it so painful? Because it's locked in a memory. And that memory was, notice I said W-A-S, was very real for you and traumatic and horrible or good for that matter. But you've got to begin to separate your thought and the feeling of the thought. The feeling comes from the thought, not on the flesh body, because you can never experience that again, ever. Even if you had a scar, even if someone abused you in the past, and you say, well, I've got a scar to prove the past. You're right, but does that scar still hurt? No, you know why? Because the body healed itself. The body knew, I've got to go on. I've got to move on. Now, will it leave a place, a mark called a scar? Yes, but the pain is no longer there. Scars don't hurt, folks. They prove they were real of that experience, but scars don't hurt. And so because of that, you have to remember, even the natural body knows how to heal itself from the past and move on. And yes, it might leave a mark of what used to be, but the good news is the pain will be gone. If you have surgery now, once you heal up, the pain's gone. The pain is gone. The scar's there, but the pain's gone. So even the human body knows how to get rid of the past. How much more is it that your memory needs to be able to shift that and say, it is not in my now moment. So the only pain that I am feeling, the only pain I am feeling from the past is coming from a memory that I am keeping alive. Because my body doesn't feel the pain anymore, right? My, my, the, the rest of my, my being, my spirit doesn't feel it, but the pain that was real for you is now bringing the memory to life every moment, giving it a heartbeat constantly. And so is it truly a shadowing pain? Yes, because it's not a real pain because the real pain does not exist in this now moment. Isn't that awesome? And so that's why it's important that we look at our lives and we say, okay, you know what? 
I'm no longer judging people's experiences. I'm no longer feeling like what I went through is worse or bad or, or better. I'm no longer going to look at life and, and feel as if it's real for me right now because the great news, praise God, is it's not real for me right now. And we wonder sometimes why we keep on attracting the same things over and over again in our lives is because we keep, keep necromancing, which basically is this, is we keep on resurrecting the dead. We keep speaking to the dead things in our soul. And when we do that, it begins to bring forth a shadowing of an illusion, an illusional effect of a feeling that's not real. Because in the now moment, it's not real. But yet it's, but yet it's only being birthed forth out of the memory that you are creating out of the memory. Will you always have the memory, unfortunately? Yes. But yet, fortunately, that memory can work for your good if you allow it to work for your good and walk through it. But the pain does not exist anymore. The pain only exists by what you are feeding into that memory. And it's hard. It is very hard. But guess what? It can be done. You just have to learn to separate yourself. And here's what you need to say. In this now moment, I detach my now reality to the past reality because the two do not have anything in common. The past reality was real. It was experiential. It was felt naturally. It was seen naturally. But in my now reality, there is no sight. There is no visual. There is no feeling on my body. There is no experience on my body. So because of that, I separate my now reality from my past reality because the truth is they have nothing in common with each other at all. Because time has this amazing way to cut the cord of the past. It can't buy the memory, but it can buy the body. And it can buy the experience that you are in right now. And when we begin to do that, then we begin to realize I can enjoy a good future. Now, have you experienced a future yet? No. But guess what? You will. You will. You will. Thank God you will. And so you've got to remember that the reason why we're trapped in the past is for those key things. But the other thing is this, is we're trapped in the past because only because we have not experienced our future yet. And because we have not experienced our future yet, we have to begin to walk by faith and not by sight or feeling or sound. Hello. We talked about that earlier. And so we have to say to ourselves, you know what, Jeremy? The future will be better. The reason why it just seems like right now that it's not like a big whoop-de-doo thing for me right now is simply because I haven't experienced it yet. But the moment that experience comes in, then it will, it will flood with a new feeling of emotions. And I will feel it. I will see it. I will experience it. I will touch it. I will smell it. And guess what? Then it will be real. So the future is not really real for you yet. The past was real for you, but the now moment of, of your, the now moment doesn't have a reality of the past, right? Only a memory. So the same for your future. The future is not a reality yet, and it's not a, 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 a heartfelt, more or less, or, or is it even like a, a felt or a seen thing? No, but it will be. And so you have to begin to look at that and say, you know what? I'm projecting my faith to say that I know I, can, I don't put a lot of energy into the, into the feeling of the of the future because I'm not experiencing it yet but I know once I do and that I will and the good thing is is I will then it will begin to dominate and override all the past things that once not now but once existed 
And so sometimes you've got to talk yourself happy. Happiness is a choice. It is a choice. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Well, you know what? You can choose. Choose you this day. Happiness is a choice. And so all you've got to do is this. You know, the number one thing in counseling and psychology and everything else that, that people need to realize is the power of separation. When you learn to separate, see yourself and separate yourself from the experience or the feeling or the past. Once you separate yourself, do you know what makes uh, pain happen uh, even more to be more effective is when you engulf yourself in it. The moment you put yourself within anything, then guess what? You engulf yourself in it and you see yourself as one with it. And guess what? Then it's going to begin to agitate all those negative feelings. That's what it does. So the number one thing in counseling is learning to separate yourself. Separate yourself from your past. Separate yourself from that experience. Separate yourself. If, if you live in a home that some, where someone's beating you, what do we say in the natural? You need to get out. You need to leave, right? Because the power and the healing is sometimes, well, most of the time, is in separation. And the moment we see that, the moment we will finally experience a new reality. Because the new reality is really wanting you to experience it, but you can't because you're too engulfed in blending your life as one with your past. And then, then, you're, then right now, your now moment is saying, my past is real for me still. And so your mind and your spirit is all messed up because it's like, this is not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> and so that's what you have to do. So the, there's power in separation. So today, look at yourself and say, you know what? I am separating myself from that experience. I am separating myself from the, those feelings because they don't exist anymore at all. I separate myself and I put myself right now into a now reality. And guess what? You will start speaking to your soul and your soul will finally begin to divide itself the best way it can, divide itself and say, this is a memory. Let's lock it in the bank in the um, bank vault and, and seal it. It's a memory. Put it there. Will you always have it? Yes. But we can seal it away until until another day to where we can remove the, 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 the scab or remove the bandaid, I should say, and begin to say, hey, now that I'm re-examining that, I can see it through a different light now because I'm no longer that person, nor am I that experience anymore. And so you can do it. We all can do that. So think about that today. I want to encourage you all right now to go to the website identitynetwork.net and download my brand new book for the month of June. And it actually is called Wealth Mind Versus Poor Minded. And it's really a powerful book that will help you to see and experience exactly where you are and beginning to know how you're thinking in your life. The best, the best way right now to live your life is knowing I have a wealth minded versus a poor minded mentality. And that's not dealing with money. It's dealing with a lifestyle of money, of memories, of feelings, of thoughts, of how you should see things, all that wonderful stuff. So download that today. Wealth-minded versus poor-minded. You'll be glad you did. And as always, guys, hey, I will close with this. If you don't like your day-to-day, I've got great news for you. Change your thoughts and you'll change your life. God bless. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.